0: Today, I'm joined by Brad Borkin, who, with David Herzl, co-authored Audacious Goals, Remarkable Results. And this is how an explorer, an engineer, and a statesman shaped our modern world. What's the book about, and how do we apply the lessons?
1: Let's jump right into it, because the first thing is, who is the explorer, the engineer, and the statesman? And how do we choose these three individuals? We didn't start out to write a book that was about three individuals. We set out to write a book about 11 great things that happened in the world that, that influenced our lives, things that had to deal with uh, how do goods and people move around the earth. So things about railways and about tunnels and about the Panama Canal and the Suez Canal and, and getting to the top of Everest and getting to the North Pole and South Pole. And all, we, we made lists of things that interested us that had to do with the geographical world and then we said, "Okay, we'll pick eleven of these and write eleven chapters." And it seemed that that seemed like a perfect formula for an interesting book. And as we started getting into it, we realized three names kept reappearing. One was the explorer Roald Amundsen, who was the first through the Northwest Passage and the first to the South Pole. Then there was Teddy Roosevelt, who was instrumental in building the Panama Canal and also built the national parks in America, which set the groundwork for how to actually use legislation to build national parks. And every nation has, and since then has built national parks using that same style legislation and is embarking in Brunel, who's well known to British audiences as the, fundamentally the greatest engineer who ever lived, building tunnels and bridges and railways and ships. And we thought, wow, let's choose two from each of these men and we'll look at what can we learn from them, not just from the extent of the projects, but the legacy of the project and also then what can we learn from modern-day decision-making.
0: Now, in your business background how do you draw the lessons from such a diverse set of topics well surprisingly there i mean
1: we're talking about three different people three different professions three different nationalities yet what does it take to achieve at an epic level and that's what businesses are trying to do that's what business leaders are trying to do and there was an interesting commonality between brunel and amundsen and percival and and it was things like It wasn't just thinking big. Lots of people have the ability to think big and lots of people have the ability to have big goals. But what they were very good at were some things like they were incredibly patient. Their projects were multi-year projects. I mean, it took like 10 years to build the Panama Canal. It took Amundsen, just getting through the Northwest Passage was like a three-year journey. These things were not quick. One of the, actually, the most interesting thing that came out was they were all detailed people. And we think nowadays that business leaders should be above the fray. They lead because other people deal with the details. And that was a complete opposite to these people. Amundsen knew more about the Northwest Passage than any person alive at the time he did it. I would venture to say that Teddy Roosevelt probably knew more about the Panama Canal, the problems in building the Panama Canal, than many people on Earth at the time that project was undertaken by the United States. That Brunel certainly was the foremost engineer in terms of, of railway construction really a big thinker in these things. And it's this ability to focus on, on detail. And there was one other thing that really struck us about these, these people. It wasn't only that they didn't fear failure. They didn't fear physical discomfort. They all led from the front. They all were happy to be in the most uncomfortable physical situation and not be uncomfortable in that situation, even if it meant they were risking their lives. And that was sort of an interesting finding as
0: well. Turning to your book, who's your perfect reader? Who who do you think, in business at least, might find this appealing? I mean, I find it genuinely interesting as it is, but who would you think, with your own marketing background, would, would find this appealing?
1: When we started writing the book, we thought that the audience would be men over the age of 40. And what we found was that for both of our books, this book and, and our book about the early Antarctic explorers, was that they more appeal to women. And they more appeal to women who are career-focused and interested in what makes people tick. Why do people do what they do? What's the story with the interpersonal relationships? And how do daring people become more daring?
0: If you had to choose what would be the, the standard lesson you learned? One of them
1: was that they never thought about retirement. They never thought, I've done something big, I've done something monumental, and now I'm putting my feet up. They just kept going. And I think that for many of us in modern society, we think about, I'll get to the age of 60, I'll get to the age of 65, I'll be retired, and then I'm going to be happy. <laughs> right? They, were, they found happiness through the process. And as soon as they were done with one adventure one challenge one endeavor they were on to the next one right away and you look at roald amundsen i mean through his whole life is like he does the northwest passage then he does the south pole then he's going to go back and try to uh, fly over the north pole and becomes and, and to reveal a little bit in the book he becomes the first person to see the north pole which is quite remarkable because. Uh, Perry and Cook were both Americans claimed on their expeditions they were the first to get to the North Pole but they weren't and in fact Amundsen was the first to see it and he flew over in an airplane and, and and he died he ultimately died in on an adventure in in the Arctic
0: Is there a lesson so, there about simply keeping going? The lesson being always keep going always hold on to it, keep going or is there a point I recall with Shackleton where he wrote to his wife saying, I think you'd prefer a live donkey than a dead lion. So at, w- at what point do you swap that kind of, yeah, we're going to go for it, against, <laughs> do you know what, time to retire?
1: Right. Well, but he, he kept going for it, except in that specific endeavor, he had to turn around because they were going to run out of food. So he was saving his life to go on and do another adventure. It wasn't to go back and retire. It was to do the next, the next big endeavor. And Teddy Roosevelt, the same, he, after his presidency. Interestingly, he never saw the Panama Canal finished because a, a, a U.S. presidency is four years, and if you can get a second term you're then another four years, that's it. Eight years, the Panama Canal took 10 or 11 years, and he was off on some adventure in Africa yeah. and uh, never saw the canal finished. He could have gone to Panama and seen the finished canal, but was uh, it wasn't exciting to him anymore. It was the next adventure that was exciting to him. He did things in South America and did things in in Africa.
0: What motivates you for your next book? Oh, I've got, got, I'm working
1: on two books right now. One about teams and one about goals. It's about telling the stories, about bringing the lessons from history and enable people to see how to make better decisions in our modern lives. Their books are really written for modern people. They're not written for people who are historians. They're not written for people who have a, 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 who want to be passively reading. They're, designed for people who want to think about what they're reading they're more similar to things that you might read by David McCullough by Walter Isaacson by Malcolm Gladwell they're they're books designed to make people think and be engaged and, and constantly come back to the stories and be like oh yeah I've got this situation now I'm dealing with and there's this thing that, that Amundsen did there's this thing that Teddy Roosevelt did that maybe I could apply and that's what motivates me.
0: If you're going to leave our audience with one final thought, what would that be? When when David and I were trying to finish the book, we
1: were really trying to figure out how do you take a book about three epic people and write the last chapter? And at about the time we were doing this, the, the NASA Mars rover was landing on the Mars planet. And on the parachute of this Mars rover was this red and white striped pattern and what the NASA announcer was saying as the thing was descending to, saying in this parachute is a coded message. And this set off an international challenge for puzzles, people who are interested in puzzles, to figure out how do you decode this this message that NASA put out there? And what it decoded to was dare mighty things, which was a saying by Teddy Roosevelt. It's part was part of a speech that he said in the 1890s. And here's NASA using it as the motivation for their interplanetary endeavors. And I just thought this was just the most wonderful way to end the book. And It's such a wonderful thing for modern people. It's just like go out and dare mighty things.
0: Excellent. Thank you for finding the time for this, Brad. Um, very interesting. And for all of you who'd like to learn more, Audacious Goals, Remarkable Results is available from all good bookshops and Amazon. Thank you, Brad. Thanks very
1: much, Toby.